This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. We are all entitled to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health. We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Long Rush Nation to our flagship show following week eight here at Five Yard Rush. Uh, as always, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, etc., and obviously all the social media sites. Uh, I'm Dan, I'm hosting again today. Murph will join us a little bit later, but for now, we have the, the privilege of being joined by BJ Riddell. BJ, how are you, sir? Are you well? I'm great, Dan. How are you doing? I'm very good. I'm very good. Well, I'm not, actually. My Bucks lost this weekend to a division rival, so we'll skip over very that good. one and move on very quickly. So. Sounds good. <laughs> I won't dwell on it either. No. BJ, tell us a, a little bit about yourself, uh, people listening. Who are you and what do you do? And Yeah, I, I'm a director of fantasy football at Pro Football Network, a sports media company uh, based in the States. Uh, but we have uh, people who work from all over, including some from England, including one from Matlock, a uh, small town of 10,000 in England. And uh, uh, and my background is I started a blog about 10 years ago after I wrote a book called Fantasy Football for Winners. I started a blog called Fantasy Football for Winners. Um, and it was my own little you know area of the world to talk about fantasy football. It had about 16,000 people following it. And uh, the goal was to try to get people to think smarter about fantasy football, not just reacting to the stats, but trying to figure out how do we predict future stats and not just based on uh, 
um, you know, well, the, I have a hunch that, you know, this will happen, but instead looking at um, trends across the NFL universe to figure out what are the probabilities of things like this happening in the future? And then what can we bet on where we feel good about what we're betting on? Yeah, that's the key to fantasy football, I guess. So there probably isn't many <laughs> fantasy football players playing that probably haven't come across your work, whether knowingly or unknowingly, I guess. I guess you've been in the industry a pretty long time now. Yeah, I've, you know, I've, I've uh, freelanced for Sports Illustrated. I freelanced for uh, NBC Sports Roto World. Uh, I, I competed in some uh, national tournaments, including one against over 330,000 people in fantasy wow. baseball and won it. Wow. Um, so and they, it's been a while. So it's, uh, it's, uh, 18 it's years. It's baseball. So it's, yeah, it's, <laughs> but it's, uh, uh, it's not rugby, but, um, it, it, uh, th- what you said is spot on. It is it, everything we do is obvious. And, and yet we're also trying to get people to not make what we see as obvious mistakes, which is, um, uh, overreacting to the news. Uh, you know, taking like uh, Derrick Henry's injury and yep. saying, well, Jeremy McNichols is the next guy up. Um, There's been a lot of that on, on the internet today. Yeah, I think everyone wants to be the first one or the loudest one to say, look, I was right. And I think what I found over doing this for many years is that the integrity of what we do isn't just based on are we right, but is our process sound? Are we are we are we working through the process where the recommendation that we're giving is sound, mm-hmm. even if the result isn't like I recommended Devin Singletary this week. Yeah. And my process was I felt the bills were going to blow out the dolphins. And I felt like Singletary who'd been rushing for over a yard more per carry than Zach Moss was in a better position to capitalize on, you know, uh, running in the fourth quarter and basically running out the game. And it didn't work out that way. Nope. Um, I still stand by the process, but I get a lot of stuff wrong as a result because football is is uh, is fickle. So, uh, but I'll leave it at that. Yeah, I think coming into this week was uh, Kenneth Gainwell. I think nearly everybody in the industry was, was right. wrong on his usage, right? Um, right. He got Boston Scotted, I guess, is a, if, a term that's going to be the now used. That's <laughs> if we had been told that uh, that that Philadelphia running backs would get four touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Uh, on Sunday, everyone would have started Gainwell yep. um, without realizing it would be the other two, Boston Scott and Jordan Howard. So it's, yeah, these things just work out sometimes in mystical ways. But uh, but on balance, if we know kind of how the game will go, we can then start to project what might happen with the players. Fine. So please, before we get into the rest of week eight, I just want to let our guys know that our friends over at Manscaped, who are the global leaders in below the waist grooming, want you to look your best with the Tom Brady of ball trimmers. The brand new lawnmower 4.0 is only the GOAT technology for the greatest balls of all time. When you're going towards the end zone, make sure you have the right tools for the job and choose Manscaped. Two million men worldwide trust them. So join the movement with our exclusive offer by using the code 5YARD at manscaped.com and get 20% off and free shipping. So we've touched a little bit there on week eight and injuries to Henry and running backs and game well. What else were the key learning points? What did we get out of week eight, BJ? Uh, we learned that the Saints uh, don't need Jameis Winston to beat uh, the defending champion uh, Buccaneers. We just said we was going to gloss over that. Uh, <laughs> does that hit you hard? Is that are you a Tom Brady fan? Is uh, based on what I'm hearing? It's hard not to be a Tom Brady fan when he comes to the Bucks and converts us into 
what he did last year. So yeah, but, yeah. I mean, we had all the pieces. He's just that that icing well, on top, I guess. So we'll go ahead. I won't mention the Buccaneers again, but uh, just to say that Jameis Winston uh, uh, has been adequate with New Orleans, yep. but certainly hasn't been what he was pre uh, Tom Brady on that Tampa Bay team that I won't mention. Yep. And um, it will be interesting to see if Taysom Hill, uh, when he comes back from his concussion, uh, if he can be the QB1 that he was, I think, three out of four weeks last year when he started for Drew Brees. Um, I don't think we can trust Michael Thomas to come back anytime soon. Maybe he will. He sent a cryptic tweet Sunday morning that expressed solidarity with Calvin Ridley. I thought that was fascinating. Calvin Ridley, who's missed two of the last three games because of personal reasons, and Thomas saying that he's in that hole with him, um, which suggests that uh, the the Michael Thomas watch, you know, waiting to see when he returns, maybe people should shut that down a little bit and give Thomas some space and realize that maybe he's going through a tough time as well. And maybe fantasy managers shouldn't be looking ahead to see when they can start Michael Thomas. Um, so that same situ- situation is fascinating, and I don't think Taysom Hill coming in is going to in any way harm the passing game. If anything, it will just improve the quarterback situation. Taysom Hill has a nice floor in that offense. Yep. He um, does, regardless of the receivers, because they didn't have much household names at, at receiver at the weekend. Yeah, this is, you know, you've got uh, Deontay Harris, Taquan uh, uh, Smith, and uh, and Marquez Calloway, and Juwan Johnson is, you know, and Adam Troutman as tight ends. None of these guys would be starting on any other team, uh, uh, to put it bluntly. And so uh, it is, I mean, the Dolphins have three to four very good receivers, uh, and they uh, have a much worse record than the Saints, who have uh, four lesser receivers um so we just i mean it's an apples and oranges comparison in some ways but in other ways from fantasy purposes you can you know you can have a great team but not have good receivers that you want to pluck receive you know fantasy guys from uh from a team so it's the saints are an interesting just an interesting team where it's alvin Kamara, and now it could be Taysom hill or bust uh for those for that uh offense um and then other than that, I, I, I did find it interesting just going back to Thursday night, you know, Kyler Murray hurt, playing hurt. Uh, I started him. I wish I had appreciated just how hurt he was, that he was really having trouble throwing the ball. Um, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, who's missed only one game in his career, uh, pulling up lame with the hamstring injury that he'd been dealing with, couldn't finish, was a bust for fantasy managers. And now the question becomes, you know, this vaunted offense that the, that the Cardinals have, um, what is the risk? Can, can Kyler Murray recover? Um, and can this offense, uh, and at least the passing game, get back on track? Because there's some people out there who are rostering three of those receivers. I mean, you've got Kirk, Green, and Hopkins, and now Zach Ertz, all strong options, plus Rondell Moore as a streamer. I'm going to mention one more, Dan, real quick, and that's Christian yeah. McCaffrey. Yeah. I traded for Chubba Hubbard. Uh, I traded Alexander Madison for Chubba Hubbard on Saturday, mm-hmm. hoping to just get a rental. Uh, but the word came out uh, today from uh, Carolina head coach Matt Rule that he is hopeful. That was the word he used, hopeful, right. that uh, Christian McCaffrey could return this week. And if not, hopefully, week 10. Well, if you've got Christian McCaffrey, 
um, you are now concerned whether or not you're going to get McCaffrey back before week 11. And if you have Chuba Hubbard, suddenly uh, it's, uh, I realize I'm probably mispronouncing his name, Chuba Hubbard. Um, then, <laughs> then uh, it's been a long day. Then, uh, <laughs> then, uh, then you're sitting there going, I think I've got, you know, an RB2 for the next couple of weeks, maybe. And so I think that's going to be one of those very closely watched situations in Carolina. Uh, will Hubbard be able to continue to be the 1A in this backfield? Uh, or is McCaffrey ready to come back and take on a full load? Well, we've seen McCaffrey come back last year and this year for brief interludes and, and almost suffer a, a recurrence injury right away again. So he did it last right. year and he came back this year. So there's always a... I guess, an air of trepidation around these guys when they're coming back and, and how healthy they'll be. That is exactly right. And Carolina has a brutal <laughs> uh, fantasy playoff schedule. Anyone who drafted McCaffrey needed to look ahead at the fantasy playoff schedule and realize what they were getting into, which meant, you know, sell high if they could. If they, at some point uh, they're playing the Bucks, the Bills, uh, and I can't remember who else, but it's a it's a it's a brutal uh, schedule and they play the bucks again in the final week of the season for those Thank who go. And, and, you know, this is not a, 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 not a situation you want to be in if you've got a Panther player uh, specifically a running back. So even as someone as good as McCaffrey um, you can lop off maybe 10 points in some of those games that you would normally rely on. So the question then becomes, are the Panthers going to be a playoff caliber team the way they're currently built? And if not, if they lose two of their next three and they're five and six, what do they do with McCaffrey? Do they say, ah, let's just put him on the shelf and get him healthy for next year rather than risk some re-injury? And there's always that risk that's going to come up. Uh, with Derrick Henry in Tennessee, they can afford, for example, to keep him out the whole regular season if things keep going the way they are because Tennessee appears to be on the verge of being a playoff team. Granted that was with Derrick Henry without, we'll see what happens, but if they can hold the line, they don't need to get Derrick Henry back into the playoffs for Carolina. It's entirely different. It's they need McCaffrey. And if they're not going to the playoffs, I don't see how they keep playing McCaffrey. I don't either, but if you, you drafted in the one spot and you pick McCaffrey, Looking at his fantasy playoff schedule is probably not too relevant now anyway, having missed him for all these weeks, unless you've done something smart with him. So um, just quickly coming away from running backs, I know you're a bit short on time, BJ. So I want to move on to, to quarterbacks and some young quarterbacks that had differing games. So uh, we talked about the Eagles, four rushing touchdowns. Jalen Hurts, first of all, um, just 14 attempts at throwing the ball for, for a little over 100 yards this week. Is that something we think we'll see more limited throwing usage from him or do you think it was just the game play he was in i think it was the fact they were playing the lions uh, and the fact that uh, uh this game got out of hand quickly um and that's a good example of following game script i don't think i, I didn't expect the eagles to dominate like that uh, if mm -hmm. i had been that prophetic i think i would have said great start start the running backs don't start devonta smith but I, I thought Smith was going to rebound. I'm shocked at how uh, underutilized he is. Mm -hmm. um, uh, it, there, there are doubts, even though Jalen Hurts has been a fantasy star for almost every game. Uh, yeah. The fact is, on the field, there are still questions about whether he is a franchise quarterback. And so, um, you know, I, I trust Hurts uh, as a fantasy option. to trust Devonta Smith. It's almost like he and Jamar Chase started on equal footing to start this season. 
and they've just gone in dramatically different directions uh, based largely on quarterback play. I mean, Smith is the number one. Chase has earned the number one over T. Higgins, but Joe Burrow is getting Chase the ball, and and Hertz is just not getting Devonta Smith the ball. He, he's not. I mean, Jalen Rager, I think, now might have a, a bit of an injury as well, so maybe yes. there's some, uh, maybe, some targets there to come free for him that, that might assist. Maybe uh, maybe uh, uh, Chris Watkins uh, takes some of it, but you're right. I mean, it, it could open the door for Smith to get a little bit more. It's, it is concerning that I, I always find this frustrating as a football fan. I want to see a team that has no chance of the playoffs, um, giving their rookies more run, even if it means that they're not winning the games. Uh, I, I want to see Hurt throw into Smith in traffic to see what Smith does. I want to see that type of experience, just like for the team I won't mention, I'd like to see Tyler Johnson get uh, yes. uh, more love. I, I think that the Bucks would be wise knowing that they might not have one of their big four or even two of their big four for the playoffs. We'll see what happens. Um, getting Tyler Johnson some of that experience in the regular season was wrong. But then this week, he came through a little bit. And uh, uh, if I'm not mistaken, you know, this is an example where uh, I'm, I'm a big proponent, again, as a fan, not as a fantasy person, but as a fan, to see some of these guys get the experience because it pays off in the long run. Yeah, I've been a big fan of Tyler Johnson. I believe he'd probably be a starter on 10 or 12 rosters up and down the league. Um, Maybe they'll trade him with the Saints. No, let's hope not. We don't need to do that. But um, just look, just quickly, I know you, you are short on time again. The other quarterback I wanted to touch on was Justin Fields. Um, oh we God. didn't see any bigger increase in his throwing attempts, 175 yards, trying to support both Robinson and Mooney there at wide receiver. Um, yeah. But we did see him get to use his legs a little bit more. He got right. let go a little bit. Is that a, a positive sign, do you think, moving forward for, for Fields? Very much. It was, it was the one game that Matt Nagy uh, could not coach because uh, he was <laughs> on the COVID list. So uh, there's some you know, obvious uh, Twitter talk about whether or not uh, uh, Justin Fields is better off uh, without him. Uh, uh, you know, it was a case also of Khalil Herbert uh, getting hurt, um, wasn't his normal dominant self. You know, maybe there maybe there was a little bit of a shift, regardless of whether Nagy had been there. Um, but the fact is, uh, Justin Fields, uh, his strength is being a uh, you know a rushing quarterback. That is that is what he brings to the table. If he's a pocket passer in that offense, um, it's it is concerning uh, for his long term development. He needs to be able to be that double threat. Otherwise, you're you're uh, lopping them off the knees, basically. And uh, Trey Lance is the same way in San Francisco. You know, it's these are special, special players who happen to be able to throw a football really well. So, you you know, the, the sooner that the Bears can utilize, can build the team around field strengths rather than just try to put fields into a system, um, uh, but allow fields to help design the system. If that's appropriate to say, I, I I think that's going to be better off for the Bears in the long run. And just from a fantasy point of view, do you think Fields has the potential long term to sustain a, an Adam Robinson and a Darnell Mooney in the game? Hundred yeah. percent. Rookies often struggle, not always, but often. Um, I attribute these to rookie struggles. I attribute these to possibly some dysfunction. We don't know, but possibly some dysfunction. This is a team that probably had higher hopes, and Montgomery, David Montgomery, goes down and. You know, the defense is not what it used to be. And 
um, they have an identity issue. I mean, you know, Allen Robinson might be gone after this year. It's it's a tough time uh, right now to be a Bears fan. Uh, but I'm Justin Fields was dropped in my league on Sunday morning. Uh, he might be my top mm-hmm. waiver pickup uh, because he's the best quarterback available. And I'd rather, and I like his matchup whenever Kyler Murray's on a bye. I think that was it. Whatever it was, it was, of course I want Justin Fields. I want a guy who can get 15 points, even if he's throwing badly. And that's. Yeah. He definitely seems like somebody who will sustain you with a floor, but will have game winning upside each week so there's that's the potential right. there that's right and um, bj I, i'm wary of the time because i know you've you've got to yeah. get off and, and deal with other things so uh thank you for joining us uh tell everybody thank where you. they can find your stuff and i will leave you be for the day sir thank you well, i appreciate it dan uh, uh i'm at pro football network so profootballnetwork.com you can find me on twitter at bj rudell and uh i'm known in this industry for what it's worth i answer every question i mean that's uh i've been doing that for 10 years uh and uh it gets harder and harder to do it. Uh, I've been in a lot of people's shoes where I want to know answers to questions or where people don't write back and the people who do uh, become people I look up to for life. So um, I, I try to live by that. And uh, so people can reach out anytime. Good. BJ, I'm sure they will. Thank you very much for your time this evening or this afternoon for yourself. And we will hopefully see you soon. All right. Thanks. Bye-bye now. There we go, guys. That was BJ Riddell from Pro Football Network joining us. Um, and I know Murphy's going to join us soon. So for all you guys out there, look, we were just talking injuries. Um, as we said, Kyler Murray we touched on. Um, and Derek Henry obviously being out now for the season. We don't believe that Jeremy Nichols is going to be the way to go. Uh, perhaps the Titans do look to, to bring somebody else in. Uh, so check those waiver wires and see what you can do. Uh, and as you said, Christian McCaffrey with a very difficult time there um, trying to work out if you've still got him, what to do with him, I guess, in, in this season and, and going on next season. Uh, I know I'm just sort of stalling a little bit. I'm waiting for the man himself, Murph, to come and join us uh, and we can look forward to, to week nine. Um, heading into week nine, there's a few teams on by Detroit Lions, uh, Seattle Seahawks, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Washington football team. So it isn't quite a, a week seven by apocalypse as we had. Uh, but there's some big players in, in DeAndre Swift, um, Seattle Seahawks, obviously give them some time to get their running backs back in Chris Chris Carson. Uh, Tampa have a lot of receiver options. Tom Brady being missing now should be able to find some gaps. And I'm sure Murph will be along very shortly to, to help us fill in and see what kind of waiver wires we got um, to go. Uh, other key things and notes from the weekend then. Um, Amari Cooper come back from, from a bit of time off from his bye week. Looked fantastic again, sharp. Um, even with Cooper Rush at quarterback, another backup QB there filling in. There's some real league winners if, if you're short of QBs or if you've lost someone to, to go and get here on the waiver wire. Just enough to get you by, I'm sure. Um, I'm hearing that Murph is on his way with us soon. So we will keep just hanging on and waiting for him. Um, but players that, you know, we've got players to bounce back, but we'll wait till, till Murph joins us to look at players that bounce back. But there was a few upside players, I guess, some, some decent performances this week. Debo Samuel continues to deliver at an exceptionally high level, regardless of who the QB is. Um, carries on. Brandon Ayuk didn't quite get up to expectations as he has done all year, but seven targets, four receptions, 45 yards. 
it's not wonderful. And if you've paid for Brandon Ike, it's not where you want to be. But it's showing signs of recovery. Um, he hit double figures in, in fantasy points for the first time this year, I believe. 88% of the snaps. So hopefully there's a, a bit of a corner turned with, with Brandon Ayuk. Um, and we are... Oh, is he coming? Nope. I'll be interested to get when he gets here on Murph's take on Michael Thomas because BJ there saying that um, the tweet with Ridley, I wasn't aware of that um, and the struggles he's having. So we'll be, we'll be intrigued to see if you've got Michael Thomas. I did personally myself in a few places thinking that late on into the season, Michael Thomas could be a bit of a, a league winner. Um, so anybody out there that's, that's got it, a couple of things have been asked here. Um, is Adrian Peterson a must pick up? Well, Adrian Peterson, I, I hear, is working out with the with the Titans following the Derek Henry interview. Derek Henry injury. Murph, are you with us, sir? <laughs> yes, I am. Yes, I am, Daniel. And I bring news. You bring news. Um, I I bring news. I am Adrian Peterson next week. <laughs> Adrian, no, Adrian Peterson has just signed for the Tennessee Titans. So, right, 6.58, I got asked, is APM must pick up? The answer to your question, Michael, is yes. Apparently he is now. So, if you're one, of those, official. If you're one of those that's lost any number of running backs, if he's out there on your waiver wire, go and get him. Uh, if you're in a league where you've still got maybe a, an outside Chiefs player playing or a, a Giants player playing, perhaps you've even got the option to add him as a free agent now rather than wait for the waiver run to go, I believe, Murph. So, Murph? Yeah, I don't, I don't know what uh, what the deal will be on in leagues. Maybe you might be able to add him. I'm not so sure, but you just never know. But uh, apologies to yourself and, and everyone. It's been a, a bit of a crazy day for me personally. Uh, I bought a house today. Congratulations. Um, thank you. Uh, so that was good news. But I... Uh, well, unfortunately, was called into London for my day job, and uh, my my meeting was late. So I've literally just got off a train. Hence, why you can't see me because it's pitch black. It would be a be worse. So I hope you can hear me, okay? We can hear you. Find a bit of background noise, but we'll get by. It saves them just listening to me talking to myself. So uh, I'm not very good at that one, I'm afraid. <laughs> no, you've done a sterling job. I tuned into you and, and BJ. BJ did a great job. So. Um, BJ's a great yeah, what, guy, what, and I know we spoke about a few things, and BJ come in with, with a few bits, so I'm intrigued to get your take on them as well. So, um, well, we've mentioned injuries, uh, Kyler Murray, uh, Dak Prescott I was just talking about as well, and more QBs going down. We saw a lot of QB2s this week and backup QBs. Is there anybody out there that you think might be league winners for people at this stage? Right, so I think there's some interesting players on, on waiver wise, I'm not going to go as far as saying league winners, but um, Taysom Hill right now becomes one of the hottest QBs that you can pick up. Now, I get it. I'm not a big Taysom Hill fan. Nope. I don't think he's a great NFL quarterback, but for fantasy, he's absolutely gold. He will, you know, you look at his four starts last year, three of them over 20 points. That's what he's going to bring you. Safe rushing floor. You look at the waiver wire. I know BJ was talking about Justin Fields being the number one uh, waiver ad in, in that league where he was dropped. Taysom Hill for me all day long over Justin Fields. Justin Fields still has to deal with Matt Nagy. You know, if we're talking about two players who are struggling to throw the football. Yeah. Let's go with the one with the better offensive coordinator, the one with the better 
uh, coach and the one with the better team and the one who's demonstrated time and time again what he can do with his legs and, and that's where for me I have to I have to go with Taysom Hill so I think he is if you're struggling at the quarterback position he's someone for me that you must add right now if you uh, have been hit with some injuries or poor form or you've been streaming it's been tough then he's definitely one I would be I'd be adding above all else. And the running back position's tight. It's really tough this week. But uh, don't... I think for me, Boston Scott looks as good as any in the short term. Yep. Uh, AP now. Uh, you know, you've got to look at AP and think, are there going to be many people that are going to get more volume than than AP? Probably not. So I, I think what you this is showing you now with Derek Henry. Derek Henry's Mr. Indestructible and he's gone down it says to me that you've got to get these handcuffs. So if Alexander Mattison's free in your league, he's a must-add. If Tony Pollard is free in your league, he's a must-add. All of these players now become high priority because who's the next one to go down? You know, if you're a Derek Henry owner, you won't, you wouldn't have had AP because he's, he wasn't on the team. Yep. You know, you, you're down a player. So... You're either going to have to force all your money into into your fab budget into into AP, or you're going to have to sign someone else's handcuff and hope that well, not hope because you don't wish for injuries. But they're going to be league winners. It's going to be your your handcuff running backs. We have this every year, and people still it's it's amazing because people draft them. It doesn't happen for five weeks. They drop them, yeah, and their ownership just continues to plummet this time of the year. And Pollard for me always has standalone. Uh, value like he's never going to be a high-end play but in like a in, in a in a busy bye week he's probably got flex appeal so i'd say he's your number one priority ad if he's on your leaks right now it is and i bet there weren't many people sat on a jordan howard coming into this week with miles sanders going down before the game no i did i did tweet jack humphrey because he was telling me he was starting marlon mack this week and uh i tweeted him saying why don't you just pick up jordan howard off waivers i was actually joking but <laughs> It turned out to be great advice. Uh, I don't know. I, I think it's one of those things, yeah. Not, and listen, Jordan Howard has a, appeal next week, ironically. I think as a DFS player, as a one-off player, I think he's he holds some value. But long-term, he, he doesn't hold anything. It's, it's really hard at running back to have long-term value because anyone who's going to put up points is probably owned. That's the, the bottom line is you have to you have to kind of put these moves in place uh, you know, weeks ago, I, I said this actually, the waiver wire article that went out earlier about Carlos Hyde. Yeah. Carlos Hyde was someone I said a few weeks ago, you've got to add him because if James Robinson gets hurt, he's, he's not really fighting for a lot of competition for touches, Dara Gumbawale. So James Robinson might not play this week. He might play, but he might not. So if, if James Robinson's out for a period of time, Carlos Hyde becomes a, a mid to low range RB too. Yeah, he has to. Uh, I think James Robinson is day by day as it stands. But um, again, Verba Meyer there, will he get enough usage? He didn't use Robinson enough early on, did he? Well, yeah, but he's using him now. If you, if you look at what they did last year, all right, granted, Verba Meyer wasn't there, but you've looked at what they've done the last few games since the London game onwards. They've been using that, that run game, not necessarily just purely running the ball, but with those short passes. I mean, we, I know BJ was talking about rookie struggles. They, they, Trevor Lawrence has struggled as much as anyone, yep. really. Everyone kind of expected him to come in and, 
and torture it. And it just shows you there's a massive learning curve. It also highlights what Justin Herbert did last year was nothing short of extraordinary. But, it, it, you know, for me, they're going to pitch the ball short. You're going to see a lot of uh, play action, a lot of sweeps, a lot of um, screens. That's really how Urban Meyer's offenses are kind of built on this short passing game. And, and that's where Hyde is going to have some value if James Robinson's out because that's where James Robinson has been putting up pretty decent fancy numbers over the last couple of weeks, admittedly in, in several Jags defeats. So your running back strategy now is grab anybody who's healthy and anybody who's available just in case the person ahead of them who's healthy isn't next week, I guess. That, <laughs> that's kind of it, I right? That is, that is pretty much it. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm sitting there. Helmet, I'm, play. Pick them up. Yeah. I mean, I'm sitting there thinking about my rankings for next week, and I'm thinking about I'm I'm seriously going to have to put someone like Gio Bernard in my in my top forty, and I'm like, he's going to get like nine snaps, but he's but he's going to fit and he can make plays. Not and he's like he's going to make the top forty. Not for week nine, anyone, because he's on bye. But ah, uh... <laughs> oh, true, good point. <laughs> there you go. Um, but yeah, moving forward, I mean, that sort of it's those sorts of. Things I also think Dearness Johnson's still interesting as well. Uh, he got a touchdown yesterday, and yeah, the Browns seem to still gonna have somebody. ease Nick Chubb back into being fit, didn't they? they there wasn't the use people were expecting with him having a hunt out still. Uh, whether you know Chubb picks up a bigger portion of that pie while Hunt's still out remains to be seen. But Johnson did okay, didn't he? When both missing, and maybe he's earned himself a little spot on that offense. Yeah, I mean, Cream Hunt's still gonna be on, on IR, uh, so we're gonna see what happens there, but. It's going to be, I think Johnson's going to earn a spot until Hunt comes back. Maybe they even, depending on where they are situation-wise, you know, if they, it's not inconceivable they're out of playoff contention. And in which case, do they rush Kareem Hunt back? I'm not so sure. So I, if I'm a Kareem Hunt owner right now and I'm watching Cleveland's results, I'm a little bit concerned because if they lose a couple more and they're out of playoff contention because they're the worst team in their division as well, let's not forget this right now. Yep. They're, they're in real trouble. And I don't see them thinking... It's, it's similar to what we had with, with McCaffrey last year. McCaffrey could have probably come back those last two weeks had, had there been a real need. Like, he probably could have paid through the pain there. But they're out of play contention. What, what was the need? So, yeah, I think, I think Jonas Johnson looks like a reasonable... But I think he's on, like, 60% of rosters already. So, I'm not too sure how many leagues he's free in. But I think uh, if he's there, he'd definitely be worth some, some chips to, to add onto your squad. No trouble. Was there anything else that stood out for you in week eight? I know we've touched on QBs and RBs a little bit. What about wide receivers? Anybody that, that stood out or their performance grabbed you or for good or bad reasons, I guess? Well, I'm going to talk about some players who probably aren't going to get a lot of love for what they did, but actually have pretty solid weeks for, or have had quite a few solid weeks. Jameson McCrowder. He's had 30 targets in four games. Um, not going to get a lot of love, but he put together a pretty nice game with Mike White. They go on Thursday. Indy aren't a great uh, passing defense. So I like Jameson Crowder as a play this week. I like him on a waiver wide. He's going to get volume. You know, he's had Zach Wilson throwing the ball. He's had Mike White throwing the ball. Everyone who's there, Sam Donald throwing the ball. Basically, every, he's had different coaches. He's had different coaches, different schemes, different quarterbacks. He still gets, you know, seven, eight targets a game. I can't find anyone else on the waiver wire right now who's comfortably going to give me 
eight targets a game like Jameson Crowder is consistently. So for me, I think he is someone that people should be targeting. I think he's 18% home, so he's okay. someone I would be targeting quite aggressively on waiver wires and picking them up. Um, obviously, the, the Ridley news, we, we've got the trade there like tomorrow, so it's interesting. What what do the We need to see what the Falcons do regarding Ridley, the fact that he's saying he's going to take a step away. Yep. What is he going to go on a list? Is he going to go on a non-football related injury list? Is he going to go? I don't know. What what's going to happen with Calvin Ridley? Say, That's the big away, question. Stepping away indefinitely almost appears like a, a form of retirement, at least temporarily, I guess. Yeah, and and the thing is, we don't know what's been communicated. And, and first of all, we wish that his recovery, um, uh, he finds his his mental health, and he finds what he needs, um, and gets himself healthy. That's the most important thing. Yeah, but. From a, a manager perspective now, you've got this asset. You don't know. I don't want to say asset. That's the wrong term. Um, you've got this player on your roster and you don't really know what to do. It doesn't look like any of the other options look particularly great. Uh, you know, Russell Gage, uh, zero points yesterday, yep. which is just a shock. Zacchaeus uh, isn't getting it done. Carl Pitts, they'll just take out of the game if he's the only one that's going to be throwing the ball. And we saw bits of that yesterday with Carolina. So... They need to get someone in. I don't like this. Is why I think I look at teams prior to tomorrow, and the Falcons are one of real interest. First of all, do they list Ridley under anything, and then actually, who are they going to trade for? Because there's wide receivers out. I mean, maybe they trade for Deshaun Jackson. I don't, I don't know what they do, but they they need a body in there because they, if they're going to run with just Gage and Sakias, Matt Ryan's going to have a lot of games like he did yesterday, and it's going to dry up Pitts. It's going to dry up Cordell Patson. That offense is going to be pretty awful. So they, they need a player in there. Unless it's, this is a one-week, two-week thing with Ridley, then they'll probably just battle through. So the next 24 hours is going to tell you everything you kind of need to know about Calvin Ridley and his situation for the rest of the season. Um, I mean, to Jay Sharp... And then Sharp, as a owner, what do you think? To Jay Sharp stepped up a little bit yesterday, as best he could, I guess. Five receptions, 58 yards. There's an option yeah. there as a... Kind of outside wide receiver free flex play if you're you're in deep rostered leagues perhaps that someone like him might help you out a little bit down the line. Yeah, I mean he very much could. I mean to be honest, now we have we're in uncharted territories with 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 Atlanta because we don't actually know what they're going to do. Uh, they've got a new head coach, new offensive system, and players who we've yet to really see anything out of except for Kyle Pitts and and Cordell Patterson. If you've got those two. What you hope now is that those two don't get squeezed by defences and they're struggling to make plays. That's the the sort of worst-case scenario for fantasy owners. So we, we want to see a body in for Atlanta from a fantasy perspective. But I don't think Tajay Sharp's going to do it week to week. It, it could be one of these, almost what we got with the Saints now. Pick, yeah. random, pick random player to catch 23-yard touchdown this week and you spit a wheel. Like that, and they're the worst things for for fantasy. So, and they, yeah, they, hopefully they got Hayden Hurst. We get his usage go up, right? Yeah, I, that's a good question. Pitts it depends. Almost be, play wide receiver, isn't he? <laughs> Effectively, yeah, it could do. Or they continue to play some twenty-two personnel. That's personally what I would be doing if if I was looking at that from a scheme perspective. 
because then what you can do is you can play pits in different route options. You can spread them out wide. You can play them across the middle. It, it, Matt Ryan this season looks much better throwing across the middle than he does throwing it out wide past the numbers. And I think uh, we'd rather have pits in the middle. 22 formation with Hurst really works. But I, I think they need a deep ball for it. I, I look at Deshaun Jackson right now. They're going to cut him in, in L.A. if they don't trade for him. You can probably get him for a, a 2024 conditional seventh. Yeah. Like, you can get him for next to nothing. And I just think if I'm Atlanta right now, I'm probably going to do it. Like, I, I just think, I know he's not great. I know he's not going to add a lot of fantasy value. But I think he will protect the fantasy value of Cordell Patterson and uh, Kyle Pitts in the short term, which at this point is kind of all we want. Because I can't see, unless they're signing someone of relevance, which I can't see this close to the trade deadline, I'm not, uh, yeah, I, I just think, I just think this is, this, they've got to sign like a D-Jack, someone like that. And maybe you might get some, some odd weeks where he flashes. But yeah, it's, it's a tough one down there. But that's a situation to watch. And also, LA are going to trade for someone tomorrow. We don't know who it is yet. But they got rid of Kenny Young. And they did that for cap reasons, because they traded him for, for cents on the dollar to get his cap off. We know D-Jax is getting cut. So who, who are... You know, who are LA signing? Is it going to be an offensive player? Is it going to be a defensive player? Well, Von Miller what does that mean for... Von Miller defensively today, but that hasn't cost him a lot of cap either, is it? So there's still room there, I think. Yeah, I think there still is. So I think there's a few a few moves to, to still happen in LA. So there'll be another one I'll be watching. But from a fancy perspective, I think with wide receivers out there, I was looking through and... There weren't many great fancy wide receiver weeks this week compared to, to normal. Um, Westbrook, if, if Julio is out, is always going to be an option, especially as they're going to have to put the ball in the air a lot more. Westbrook looks like a really good option. Uh, with Chester Rogers of the Titans, both of them look like good options uh, for free. Carter if uh, of Washington. Because the other quarterback we've not talked about is Ryan Fitzpatrick. I fully expect him to get his job back in week 10 if he's healthy. Yeah. Because I think Taylor Heineke is is done. He was he was pretty awful yesterday, especially inside the... I, I think, what, they made five or maybe six visits inside the 36 of the Broncos and scored 10 points. I don't even know how that's possible. Yeah, I... I... I, I think that he'll be back. Um, I think he has someone who has huge upside as well late in the season. If he's someone who's been dropped early on and Ryan Fitzpatrick's about, the upside should be there to pick him up, right? Yeah, I, I, I like Ryan Fitzpatrick as, um, as as an option on my bench because he's not someone I'd start most weeks, but he is someone who I would definitely want part of because if your quarterback has a bad matchup against a, a hot defense then I'm looking at that thinking, I really, really want, I really, really want that player. I really want Fitzpatrick, if he's got a good matchup on my team, because he's also the kind of guy you come across trying to get into the playoffs or in the playoffs, and he's the kind of guy that kills you. Because you come against Ryan Fitzpatrick, he throws a 400-yard, four-touchdown game, and your wonderful roster you've built all season gets knocked out. So part of this now is I want him on my roster as an option, but I also don't want him on anyone else's roster to knock me out if I get into an elimination game kind of format. 
fair. Just going back to wide receivers, and we talked about Deshaun Jackson leaving the Rams. Uh, I don't know his ownership percentage, but Van Jefferson looks like he's going to fill that void. He, they, they obviously think they've got a player there. He's been used quite sparingly, but recent weeks, this week's 11.8 points, uh, free catches, 88 yards. He's going to fill that deep ball role there now, I'd have thought. Yeah, we've had it all season, so he's going to be one of these. He's kind of a, a wide receiver four with a wide receiver three flex upside. Yep. Uh, he's never going to catch you a high volume of targets, so he's the kind of player in a, a standard league who probably has more value than the PPR yep. because he's going to have those three for 88 stat lines. Or, But, you know, he's, he's there, he gets red zone work, he gets red zone targets. And mm. also the other thing you've got to think of with him if something happens to Cooper Cup or Robert Woods, his volume goes through the roof. Well, that's it. And since the DJX news, he saw 94% of the snaps and 84% of the snaps, and he's had 13 targets in two games. So if that continues, he's a viable flex option, I guess. And there's that trust and rapport builds with Matt Stafford. You'd expect that to kind of increase a little bit. 100%. And you have to look at, at, high, at this point, we now know what offenses are good, what offenses are bad. What do we want pieces of? And we want pieces of the Rams, even if it is a flex option. I'm thinking about there must be on every fantasy football roster, there must be two players that could be dropped in most leagues. Yep. For whatever reason. So these are the sorts of players, your Van Jeffersons, who I, I like to add a floor play and a ceiling play. Yep. Jefferson's my ceiling play because he's the sort of guy that can break off a uh, a three for 105 in one day. So he's the sort of player that will put me up a, a, a high-end wide receiver two, wide receiver one number every once in a while. And then you've got a, ceiling, a floor player like Crowder, who, because of his targets, he's going to get you 10 fantasy points a week. Yeah, It's not sexy, but if you've got a buy, you need to get 10, 11 points into your lineup. You can count on Crowder to get that purely on his volley. So those are the kind of plays wide receiver I like to think about so when you look at it right now Adam Humphreys for example when uh, when when Fitz comes back he, he's a floor back he'll probably get six to eight targets a game from Fitz when he comes back he's not going to get a lot of red time work but he will get work well, he so will he's a good play Samuel's injured yeah yeah exactly and then yeah, someone Thomas. like Carter on that roster might be more of an upside play, like he is, like he was yesterday. So, yeah, I think uh, have a think about what's on your your waiver priority right now. And you know, unfortunately, the teams that are on by this week, there isn't anyone out there from those teams that stands out as obvious would be dropped or or free to pick up because you've got the Lions, the Bucks, the Seahawks, yeah. and and uh, Washington. the Washington Football Team. Yeah. So. There isn't immediately someone that stands out to me and goes, well, who's an obvious ad from those those players who are who no one's going to pick up this week? So I think it's uh, this week is about focusing on what on what some other teams might do. Look at matchups. I'd be targeting them. Uh, I'd be targeting like anyone playing the Titans with mm-hmm. wide receivers. Anyone playing the Chiefs? Uh, yeah, the Chiefs. I think it's a yeah, anyone like that, if you can get matchups, you're going to start looking at your matchups now and think, where can I extract some extra value? And, you know, we're going to do a pod in a couple of weeks about 
tips for the playoff and remaining schedule, which will help out with all of this. But right now, luckily, the teams that are on by, you shouldn't be too stacked. Like, you shouldn't be losing out more than two players on your roster that are on by this week. And so I guess, you, can, you, you should be able to get by. Yeah, and I guess across the league now with the trade deadline today, tomorrow, as we said, people like, Deshaun Jackson and, and that might be traded so an AP sign today. So I guess it's a case of trying to be on the ball and pick those opportunities up as and when that news breaks, I guess. Yeah, exactly. And you know non relevant becoming relevant again. Well, yeah, well look at this weekend. I mean, you look at the top five passing QBs this week, it was Mike White, Tom Brady, Cooper Rush, Jimmy Garoppolo, and uh, and uh, Mills, yeah, Davis Mills, Davis Mills. Yep. Who would have picked that? Who would have picked that as a the top five leaders in passing yards? <laughs> okay, like the, the effort. We thought the NFL in week seven went a bit crazy with Bymageddon, and then what they did is they went, "Put one up here, don't worry. We'll put on a Halloween freak show." Of it's confused everything in terms of <laughs> everything we kind of knew, kind of went out the window. Uh, yesterday with all these random QBs going off and like I like Mike White this week I think he's a good play um, and I, <laughs> yeah. if you told me I'd said that seven days ago I'd have said you were nuts so who knows the Eagles playing Thursday night obviously so anybody else then heading into week nine that you're looking for something better from that didn't maybe deliver this week Although, yeah a lot of players so, uh, I, I would say in sort of week nine I don't think I don't think there were many wide receivers that kind of came to the party. I know BJ talked about Devonta Smith. Yeah. I'd like to see more out of the Eagles' offense. Yeah, the game script kind of meant they didn't have to do much, but you know, Hertz is playing for his job. I'd like to have seen him do something more than what he did. I would say, yeah, I would I would say that basically, looking at Hertz, looking at basically looking at the Eagles, that they're they're an offense I'd like to see more out of. Yep. I'd like to see more. I'd like to see more out of. I mean, we saw Tyler Boyd get in, but I'd like to see Burrow stop throwing fourth fourth quarter interceptions. That'd be nice. Yeah. <laughs> um. But I, I, yeah, I, I think in week nine, I think what we'd like to see is a bit more normality. We want to see normal service resumed. That's what I'd like. I'd like to see uh, stud running back Zeke. I'd like to see Zeke do more. I was very disappointed with his fantasy output, given the fact that Cooper Rush was playing. So I'd like to see Zeke have a good game and Pollard as well. Yep. And yeah, I mean, I think hopefully we get Dak back this week. We get a few more players have been a bit injured and hopefully we'll see a lot more consistent production this week from our starts. And it's just a shame what's happened to Derek Henry because, you know, he was on for another great season. And now we might get Christian McCaffrey back this week, which if you're a McCaffrey owner, you know, that'd be great for everyone. Yeah, BJ touched upon either this week, possibly into to week 10, we should expect him back. Um, and obviously, depending on how the Panthers are, he's got a horrible fantasy playoff schedule and they, they may choose to sit him anyway, ready for next year. So two years in a row, CMC might might be a bit of a, a handcuff to you in fantasy. Yeah. Time. Absolutely, we've got to be a bit careful. Barkley as well could be back this week, so let's hope to have some of these players back. Let's get some players healthy this week. That's what I would like to see as a rebound. Let's get some 
let's get some healthy players back and let's get the running back position really going because at the moment it's Jonathan Taylor <laughs> and, well, yeah. and and Austin Eckler. <laughs> Even the healthy like because Antonio Gibson, such big things expected of him. The CMC 2.0 he was billed as and he just hasn't delivered. I know he had an injury through the early year, but J.D. McKissick this week really took a lot of work off him. Yeah, I think that's a trend going forward. That will happen. J.D. McKissick's getting all the usage in the, in the two-minute drill. He's getting the usage in the passing game. Um, yeah. that, is, that is an established role now. You have to look at Gibson every week now as a low-end RB2. I think I had him ranked going into this week at 24-25. Yeah. It's going to be hard for me to push him north of 20 uh, for the rest of the season. I think that, that's going to be the norm now. I think that's what we're going to get from this season and then hope next season or maybe towards the end of the season he breaks the shackles a little bit and gets some of that back. But I think for the next three, four weeks, that's what's going to happen. So McKissick's an option potentially to, to fill a flex if you need one there then is what you're saying? 100%. I think McKissick in a PPR league is a, a flex option. I don't know what his ownership is. I know it's over 30%. I think it's probably around half. Okay, but with what's going on in your fantasy leagues right now with running backs, again, you know we talked about Scott, we talked about Jordan Howard, we talked about some, we talked about Carlos Hyde. I think for me, Pollard, Matheson, I'd have to say JD McKissick's probably a top three, top four option if he's on your bench right now, uh, on your waiver wire. I think he's got to be worth a worth significant dollars because his role is is carved out. He's not going to get an RB one week, but that flex position every week is going to be solid for him. Well, see, if he gets eight receptions each week, he's, he's only adding to value on top of that, isn't he? So it's going to be a solid solid standing for you. Um, Murph, the five-yard fan team contest launched last week. Is it running again this week? Can you tell us? Yeah, so we had it in two weeks ago. Uh, it didn't happen last week. We will be back this week. So check out with the guys on Thursday. We're going to have a Red Zone article for you, which will go out. 24 hours after the contest is live. So at this point, it's scheduled to go on Friday. But if the contest is now till Friday, it will be on Saturday. So that will be on the site to help you uh, pick some players for your lineups. But it will be a free entry, free roll for everybody. Um, Josh won the first contest. So check out the show on Thursday and you'll be able to join that. Fantastic. Murph, is there anything else you want to cover off just before we wrap this up? What shows are coming up? Or uh, We've got the waiver wire article. When the waiver article's up, it's going to take some amendments uh, <laughs> with what's happened today. It's been, <laughs> it's been chaos. Um, so it is up there now. The waiver wire podcast will drop tomorrow morning. Yep. And so we'll get that out to you with some amendments and extra players, some of which we touched upon in this show anyway. And then Dynasty lads are back tomorrow and they'll help break through what to do with Derek Henry I suppose in Dynasty and then we have IDP Wednesday hoping the game show will be back Wednesday it's scheduled to be right now and then good, good. we have uh, yeah DFS on Thursday so full week lots on um, and I just have to say that you did college boys are up uh, just after this as well hopefully so good. stay on the channel and i just have to say you did a, I, I was listening to you bj you did a, a cracking job my man i'm sorry i left you in the lurch i feel terrible but you did a you did an amazing job uh with bj and uh yeah man just awesome job it's easy to talk to someone like bj when he, he knows what he's talking about you can just ask a question and sit back and watch 
thank you for that. But the filling in wasn't quite as good. We'll work on the, the time filling in as and when we need to. Yeah, you did well. You, you, you did well. So uh, I think everyone appreciated that I kind of left you in the lurch. And uh, yeah, it's, it's just uh, one of those days today that's happened. But we'll be it back is. as normal next week. It is. And we're here. And we will uh, the show's find out. We've told you to go get Taysom Hill and AP. What a crazy world we're living in. Uh, stay on here for the, the college guys, as Murph says. Check out all the other bits. We're on all the socials, as you know, at Five Yard Rush. Uh, other than that, I guess we will be back next week with the flagship show. We will. And it will be a lot better than this, and I'll be on the camera. <laughs> yeah, you can stay off. That's fine. I will, bring, I, will bring, I will bring my game. You just have to keep your level like you have been. You're playing all-star level. I'm going to play... I'm playing like AP level. I'm hoping that someone picks me up and signs me and I can play next week. Well, the way they're going, running back, you will be in somewhere next week, I'm sure. So, <laughs> uh, Guys, anyone out there listening, thank you very much for, for listening in and we will see you next week with the flagship show following week nine. Thanks very much, Murph. Cheers. Thanks as always. And don't forget, as always, keep rushing. entitled to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health. We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. 
go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.